Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in the next few moments as we spend some time together around the Word. But can I just bring your attention to the prayer class, our prayer team, our intercessors. I don't know, maybe 100 people have spent time praying over these prayer classes. If you're with us on uh, Sunday night, we went to that moment where in Scripture where the Bible says that God anointed Paul with extraordinary power that even class taking from his body to others caused people to be healed and set free. And so we're standing with you today for your miracle. And I'd really just say this, only take one of these if you take them and, and see value in it. You know, prior to prayer being... Uh, focused on these cloths. It was just a handkerchief that we made. And if you just see it as that now and take it away, it it means nothing. Uh, But when you connect your faith with our faith and as we kind of put all our faith in God, it can do some incredible things. And I really encourage you right now that you have a family member that needs you to be the one standing in the gap, then grab a hold of that and, and bring it before God and you will see God break through on your behalf. And then you have our devoted cards here. I'm going to spend most of this morning speaking around this offering moment from the Word of God, why we do it, and having a look into some of the things that have taken place through my personal journey, Carol and I's personal journey over the last 30 years in this kind of giving moment. And I, we do it for this reason, because God wants us growing all the time in three areas of life. Can I talk into that right now? God wants us growing in Christ. We'll go and have a look at the Scriptures today, that He wants us continually growing in Christ. This weekend, every year, always causes my heart to be stirred the most, because I know this is where people make commitments and sacrifices that causes them to grow in their faith, grow in Christ, grow in their sowing, and also grow in their going. We're going to have a look at a brief moment where Abraham was called to leave his hometown, his home family and go. He was called to grow in his going. We always grow in our going. We don't grow in our staying. But the thing is, when God calls us out, He calls us out by faith. And so Abraham was called to go out, not knowing where he was going. I don't know about you today, but I do not leave my house, even when I know where I'm going, without first pushing it into Google's Maps and finding out how long it's going to take. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Even when I know where I'm going, because I know it can give me an update on traffic jams and give me the shortest route. But you know what? In God, it doesn't work like that. There is no Google map, step by step, minute by minute update with how you're going to get there. Essentially, He shows you where you are and where you're going and everything else in between is a major step of faith. And so God is going to cause us all to grow in faith during this season. And I'm excited about that. On the other side of it, it's kind of mixed emotion. I'm a little bit disappointed because I always know there's some people that just will not get involved, just will not do it. They won't commit to the journey of growing in Christ. They won't commit to the journey of growing in their sowing. They won't commit to the journey of growing in their going. And that saddens me because you're missing out on an incredible opportunity to see God do some amazing things. So with those thoughts in mind, I want to take us to the book of Acts chapter 10. I'm going to read to you from Scripture there in verse 1. And uh, it's the story of a Roman centurion. In fact, an Italian man, which I think is appropriate, don't you? 
This is how it reads. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. I want you to notice that he was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. As you are, so your house shall be. As you are, as the head of your home, so your house shall be. I'm sorry to say this, brothers, but if your wife is a nitpicking, complaining person, it's probably coming from the headship you're providing. Oh, that went down so well, hey. If your kids are the naughtiest kids on the block, it's quite possible that it's coming from the headship you're providing. But at the same time, if you're a devout, God-fearing man, you got a guarantee from heaven that that's gonna flow down through your children into your children's children and into your household. You know, good kids don't just happen. Hello, somebody. My Bible tells me train up your children in the way that she go. And when they're old, sometimes you just gotta wait for the old. Because in the young and in the teens, there's somewhere in between. But you know what? Here, this guy, he he was a God-fearing man and so was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Imagine that, an angel calling out your name. Cornelius stared at him in terror. I think I would too. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Isn't it incredible that that the angel of heaven comes with a message and says, you know what? Your prayers and your giving have been received as an offering before God. I like one translation. It says your prayers and your arms. In the the original text, arms was gifts of donations of charity. Your, Your prayers and arms have built a memorial before God. One translation says, has created a billboard before God. It's an incredible thing when you get to understand that when you mix your praying with your giving, it does something powerful before God in heaven. When you read the rest of this story, you find out what follows is that Simon Peter went to Cornelius' house and preached the Gospel to a large gathering of people that Cornelius had invited. It's so incredible to know that this, this captain, this captain of an army, this, this upstanding leader has a visitation from God, gets the instruction on that invitation and doesn't say, I'm going to keep this all to myself, but he fills his house with his family, with his friends, with his work colleagues. And when Simon Peter comes there, he walks into a home and gets to preach the Gospel to a large gathering of people. While Simon Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It's my prayer today that during this morning and tonight that as the Word is preached, you are filled with the Holy Spirit and walk out of this place with your eyes on fire. That you walk out of this place with the, feel, with the feeling of this fire shut up on the inside of me as God has come and infected me with faith, infected me with hope, infected me with a desire for His presence like never before. Amen. They were all converted to Jesus. When... Cornelius quoted directly to Simon Peter. 
what the angel of God said to him. You find it in verse 31, it says, He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. I wanna say, if you're gonna get involved in this weekend's devoted offering, if, if you're gonna make a decision after this weekend and give it some time in the future in the over and above into the devoted offering, which is for the house of God. And, and as Carolyn mentioned, you know, we're focused into the future, into debt reduction. We've got a plan as an executive team to wipe out the mortgage of this place in the next five years. For the first time this year, we brought our mortgage under a million dollars and we're going to that place where it'll debt It'll be debt free. So the future generation of Awakened City will be able to put their faith and their resources into that solid foundation of just reaching people for Christ and making disciples. But here it says, Cornelius was told by the angel, your prayer has been heard and your offering has been noticed by God. C.S. Lewis said, a miracle is an interference with nature by supernatural power. And in that moment, Cornelius experienced that miracle. I said to you earlier that God wants us growing in three areas. Number one, it's growing in Christ. In Colossians 2 and verse 7, it says, Let your roots go down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Let your faith, then your faith will grow strong in truth, in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Number one, God wants us growing in Christ. And so I want to say this to you today. If, if you've not yet prayed about you, what you might do in this devoted offering, can I, can I give you a really clear message? Don't give. Because God's not looking for your money. He's actually looking for your heart filled with faith so He can do something miraculous in your life. The church doesn't need your money. What the church needs is you worshipping God, serving God with all of your heart and everything will flow out of that. You know, today in church life, it's common for churches to have a follow-up program, to follow people up and see how they're going and care for them. You know, and, and many people want to, want to know what our follow-up program is. But you know what? Jesus didn't have a follow-up program. He had a follow me program. I, I know that kind of doesn't fit with kind of modern Christianity, but Jesus did not have a follow-up pastoral care department. He had a follow me. He drop everything and follow me. And, and here we are praying that you would be the kind of individual that when you give your life to Christ, you will t- simply go, I'm going to follow Jesus. And if you follow Jesus, you'll find him, you'll find, we'll find you in church on Sunday. If you follow Jesus, we'll find you in prayer early in the morning if we came looking for you early in the morning. Do you know what I'm talking about? He wants you growing in Christ. But number two, He wants you growing in your sowing. In 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6, Paul wrote to the church and said, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Are there any cheerful givers here this morning? Yeah. Yeah. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. The amount that we give is determined in our heart, not in our head. It's not a response to pressure. It's a faith seed. 
Carol and I were talking this week and we hadn't had that discussion. You know that discussion about, okay, what are we going to give? And we kind of do this every year and, and uh, I turned to her and said, what do you think we should do? And she turns back and says, no, what do you think we should do? I said, no, you know it doesn't work like that. I've got a figure, uh, but I need you to confirm it. And she says, well, I feel this. And what do you know? Every time it's like, wow, how amazing. Like God speaks to you and me and He says the same thing. How amazing that we actually hear God together. And we went, yep, okay, that's what we're going to do. And so we've filled out our card this morning at the end of today's service. We're going to get our chance to drop it into the bucket together with everyone else. I know that some of you have already done this, but here's the incredible thing. The Bible speaks about this whole principle of seed, time and harvest. And I don't feel it in the atmosphere, but just out of discipline, I want to say it again. I know I'm talking about money in church. I know I'm talking about money that we're going to sow into the church to do what the church does into the future. And I make no apology for it. I make no apology for it because when I got saved, so did my wallet. When I got saved, I knew that God wanted all of me, not just part of me. And I want to talk to you about seed time and harvest to give you an opportunity to grow in your, in your sowing. Not just grow in Christ and not just grow in your going, but grow in your sowing because that's where everything changes. And the Bible talks about this principle of seed, time and harvest. But often we just hear it as seed, time, harvest. You know, like the microwave deal. I'm remembering a moment 20 years ago when we'd sold our family home, moved into a rented property and gave $5,000 to the church. There was no Vision Builders program. No one had asked for it because at the time, guess what? We were the leaders of the church. We were the senior pastors. And when we, when we sold the home, moved into our rental property, God spoke to our hearts and told us to give half of what we had left over into the church. It seemed ridiculous at the time. It made absolutely no sense. Uh, but you know what happened? In the next 12 months, God completely changed our financial world. I changed jobs and went from earning $40,000 a year to $80,000 a year. I was working a full-time job outside of the church and leading as a volunteer. We bought a block of land for $1,000 and a year later, it had doubled in value. So in two years, after that first sacrifice of just taking half our savings and going bang, giving it to the house of God, income doubled from 40 to 80. We bought a block of land for $1,000. By the time it settled, its value had doubled. That's a two-year period. You've got to know that you cannot outgive God. God did more in two years than we could have done in 10 on our own. God wants you to be growing in your sowing, but He also wants you to be growing in your going. Some of us need to grow enough that we can just not go on a mission trip across the world, but go on a mission trip across the street to our neighbour. Go on a missions trip across the office to that work colleague. Go on a missions trip in the coffee shop to that person across the other side of the room that we know that we can connect with, but we just have not done any growing in our going. Hebrews 11 and verse 8, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. He went without knowing where he was going. I want to tell you, there's some, something amazing that takes place when God speaks to you and says, go, but you don't know where you're going. Yeah. 
And here, Abraham was going to a place that he was going to inherit. inherit. It was going to be his inheritance. He, he went not knowing where he was going. Faith is stepping out in the unknown, not the known. I love what Jesus says in Matthew 9, 29. He said this, He said, you will have what your faith expects. You will have what your faith expects. That's a word for somebody today. You get to choose how much God is gonna bless your life. You get to choose how much God is gonna bless you. Large faith, large blessing. Little faith, little blessing. No faith, guess what? I know that's not a popular teaching, but clearly Jesus said that. You will get what your faith expects. I don't know what you expect in 2021, but I know what I'm expecting. I'm expecting more miracles, more overflow, more breakthrough than ever before. I've been looking at our personal world financially. I just did a review of the last five years because at the end of every financial year, I look at my debt position. How much debt do I have and how much needs to go? And it's been coming down kind of a little, 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 little all the time. The last two years it's dropped significantly. I didn't realise until this morning till I did a whole reconciliation of it all. Of course, there were some smart decisions. Yes, there were some controls put in place, but there's been trust to God. And when I got to the end, I went, wow, I did that without thinking about it. What if I pointed this faith seed right now that we're putting on the altar today into complete debt cancellation in the next couple of years? What if God could just pour it out? I said, God, I'm gonna believe you that you would wipe this out completely. How good would that be? You know what? You get what your faith expects. I want you to lift your expectation today. God opens the heaven over you for a purpose. You get to choose how much He's going to bless you. I'm thinking about a story. I've told this a number of times over the last 20 years, but I've just been reminded that the the lady that this story involves has actually started coming on here a year or so ago. And uh, it was the year was 1994. It was Sunday afternoon, we'd finished church. And one of our good friends in church came around and knocked on the door and said, I'm sorry to ask, I really don't want to, but could I borrow just $15 to put fuel in the car because I don't have enough, I'm going to go to work in the morning? I said, sure. Before, before I even kind of thought about it, I just said, sure, no problems. I'll just go and get it for you. I go to my, shirt, my, my, my jacket that I had on at church that day and as I go to get it out of the pocket, I realise I only have $15 in my pocket. And as I pulled it out of the pocket, the Spirit of God said to me, don't borrow it, give it. And I did have an argument with God in my head. It didn't take very long because He always wins. I said, God, but He said, don't borrow it, give it. And I gave it. I went back to Ethos and I said, I'm not lending this to you. I'm sowing this to you. Take it. I can remember you praying on the front door with me as only an Irish passionate woman can pray. (laughs) And released it. Do you know God turned that $15 into $1,500 in seven days? Without a word of a lie, Friday afternoon driving back from Mandra, a friend dropping me off, I'd done something for him over the last few, over the previous weeks and uh, driving back in the car, he says to me, oh, Claude, he says, we're just so thankful for what you've done for us over the last few weeks. And my wife and I just put something small together for you. He took out an envelope from his pocket. He handed it across to me without even really thinking about it on his side. I put it in, as he put it in my hand, I could tell it was loaded. <laughs> Do you know, you get those envelopes and it's, they give it to you and it's like, there's an envelope. <laughs> it's got a nice note in it. This had lots of nice notes in it. 
That was $1,000. On the, fr- on the Sunday afternoon, again after church, a family, family had come over for whatever, I can't remember. And, and as they left, they put an envelope in our hand of $500. Seed, time, harvest. It's how God works. Can I take you this, this can I take you to this portion of scripture in Malachi? Read it to you in a fresh way. Malachi 3 and verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be food in my temple. Probably read over that too quickly in church, but bring it all into the storehouse so there'll be food in my temple. Bring the first tenth of your income into the house of God, into the treasury, so that there will be spiritual substance in the temple. Actually, in that time, in that moment, it was literally so there would be food in the house for the priests who would minister the Word of God, as well as the spiritual substance that they would provide. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me in. Put me to the test. It's one of the only places in Scripture where God says, "Give it a go. Put me to the test." In other portions of Scripture, it says, "Do not test God," but here it says, "Try it. Put me to the test." I know some of you are going to try it today, and if you're in the try mode, can I say to you, try in a state of faith. Try in a state of faith. Don't try and give something that you're going to just worry and be concerned about for the next few weeks. Don't don't, don't try and give something that's out of your faith zone, but do something that you can do in faith. God opens the window of of heaven when we are generous towards His house and His work. Today, I'm really talking to you about the power of generosity. And can I just declare this into the atmosphere? We are not broke. We are not hard up. We're not doing it tough. In fact, right now across the world, we have been identified as the one state in the world that is most prosperous through the time of COVID. I talked to business person and employee after employee and asked how they're doing financially. And every single person says the same thing. We are flat out. We can't get enough workers. We've had jobs on job market for three months and had not one call. I've had people say, I've been, I've been, I've received a bonus. I've received a promotion. We are doing better than we really want to recognise. And I think it's all because of the grace of God. The Bible speaks about generosity more than any other subject. When it talks about tithing, giving a tenth to the house of God, that's about honouring God. Because if we have generosity without honouring God, God says we're robbing Him. Out of 7,000 promises in the Bible, 2,000 promises are directly related to generosity. Every promise has a premise, meaning you have to do something for the promise to be fulfilled. When you look at important words in the Bible, what do you think of? When you think about important words that God would put into His Word, what do you think of? Do you think about praying? Do you think about believing? Do you think about love? I do. You know, the word believe shows up in the Bible 272 times. That's an important word. Believe, 270 times, 272 times. The word pray shows up in the original text 371 times. 371 times. The word love, that's a pretty important word, isn't it? You know how many times it shows up? 714 times. The word give shows up 2,152 times. 2,000, 
in the original text, I'm not talking about modern translations, but in the original text, translate word for word, 2,152 times because it's the very nature of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever would believe upon Him would not perish but have eternal life. God understands that He has set in motion in the universe this principle that you've got to give towards the thing you love. You've got to give if you want to receive. God wanted to receive His children back from the place of fallen nature. And He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give my most precious possession, my one and only Son. I'm going to sow Him as a seed and He'll be the firstborn amongst many on the earth. I'm thinking of a time 29 years ago when God spoke to Carol and I and told us to give a gift to our pastors who were going away on a holiday. And at that point, we had been married and together for five years and never had a holiday, couldn't afford one. God spoke to our hearts and says, give your pastors $500 cash in one of those holy handshakes. And I kind of had a bit longer argument with God that day because I was far from redeemed. I was saved, but... I was still getting cleaned up. And I had a pretty robust conversation with God in my head about the fact that you want me to give this Nancy Pants over here that sits behind a desk and has soft hands, like I do now, uh, (laughs) who's going away on a holiday that I can't afford and you want me to give this to them? He says, yeah. He says, if you do that, I'll sort out your will in the areas where you need to sort it out. So we went ahead and did it. Seven days later, a $64,000 problem that we had had for 18 months. It had caused me to be working seven days a week to keep up the payments on a monthly basis. Seven days later, a problem that couldn't be solved for 18 months straight was completely solved as we put that seed on the altar before God. You know, I, I really do believe that giving into the house of God is how we make the Kingdom of God our primary concern. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.